Hi everyone, I'm Nuris Versad, your host at Mindset Bootcamp, and I am so happy to be back with everyone here. Today, I'm going to jump right into a topic that is close to my heart, stemming from an experience that threw my life upside down, and one that I know deep down keeps a lot of people trapped. So let's get right into it and talk about burnout. Who's listening here that, that hasn't felt the burn of being overworked? and a little underloved. Moms, dads, high achievers, I know you hear this. The fact is, we all go through some form of mental discomfort at some point in our lives. And for a growing number, the breaking point is a dark one. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me here as I share a a very personal story, a story that happened on August 1st of this year. So here it is. At approximately 11.10 a.m., I clung to the left side of my chest as I can feel my heart palpitating uncontrollably, a feeling that, that scrambled my awareness. My mouth weathered as a tightening feeling along my throat narrowed with each breath. My arms and legs started tingling as a shooting pain raced through my arm and down my leg. My mind was on high alert. I thought I was having a heart attack at the age of 36. Of the terrifying thoughts and emotions consuming my mind, only one thing was clear. I did not want to be on the floor for my 10 and 11 year old to bear witness. I did not want that for them. And as I dialed 911, pleading for an ambulance, the rush at the moment, eventually overcame my ability to stand. The funny thing is, you know, my husband had left only five minutes earlier to run an errand. He went to the pharmacy and it had been no different a Sunday morning from the many before. But little had I realized it was all about to get very unpredictable. And that's life, right? It gets unpredictable. Now, as I'm listening to the 911 operator talk through my symptoms, I could feel my heartbeat beginning to subside. And though I remained very winded and traumatized of what I was very experiencing, you know, like what the hell is going on, the voice on the, end or at the other end of the line continued in a calm and attentive tone. And he said, ma'am, is it possible that you're having a panic attack and not a heart attack? Now in those moments, You know, I'm feeling something that I've never felt before. I felt even more confused and and tested. This was was like, I'm being tested. I'm I'm confused. What the hell is he talking about? Was this an anxiety attack? A, A panic attack? And how could I be sure? Should I now cancel the ambulance? I didn't know what to do. And I felt even more scared and unhinged. But as our call ended, with my back braced against the wall from the inner corner of the main doorway, I could hear the distant sirens of the first responders getting louder and louder, closer and closer. Then before I knew it, the sound of heavy boots could be heard coming down the stairway to find me where I lay. (laughs) That was a moment that I'll never forget. Ten days later of my body sounding the alarm that something was very wrong, 
I endured more medical testing than I had had at any point in my life. 20 vials of blood samples, multiple x-rays, CT scans, ultrasound, stress tests with my cardiologist, cardiologist, you name it. The wait, the wait was as unsettling and agonizing as the unnerving pain that I felt throughout my body. Now, in the mass of the medical system we live, I bore witness to the ease of prescription writing to numb the pain but not the cause. I could make no sense of that. And I could make no sense of what was happening to me. And for me, the only thing that I would accept was, it was something logical, not a prescription. There had to have been a reason for my body's reaction. My tests all came back normal, yet my body continued to shut down. I continued to be in crippling pain. I couldn't, at some point, I, I would go blind. So how are you going to tell me something's not wrong? So during these 10 days... I found myself within a deep state of reflection on what exactly had led me on this path that I am now living. You know, for the most part, I'd always thought of myself to be healthy, and anyone who met me could attest to that. I'd exercise and eat well, I'd enjoy the occasional wine or scotch after a long day, and I cooked almost everything I ate. To me, my habits were not much more different from anyone else leading an active life who enjoyed it to the fullest with deadlines. Yet, I could not help peer into the blind spots of my habits, which made it quite clear this was no accident. It wasn't an allergic reaction. I was, in fact, burned out. And how I consumed my life was the root of it all. I knew this much to be true. You know, I was actively participating in the depletion of my own health through the choices that I made, good or bad, well-intentioned or not. But what I knew to my heart as well is that I needed to get honest with myself. That was not going to be an option. That would be a requirement. Because in those, those fleeting moments, my great fear was, would it be too late to make the changes that I knew deep down within the depths of my soul that I could make and was ready to embrace? And it was ironic because we always talk about leading a healthy lifestyle and doing the things, you know, oh, we're going to finally work out and we're going to find, we're not going to skip this day. We're going to get back into the routine and all these things. And we never do it. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be some work agenda or something with somebody else, the kids, your, your spouse, your wife, whatever it is. There is always going to be something that we use to justify taking care of ourselves. But when something goes wrong, we're so worried, is it too late? Now, 60 days later, I reflected on all that transpired rebuilding my health and embracing this deep journey of wellness into a place of wholesomeness and intention. From this point, I can say without a doubt, I am not without immense gratitude to all the people who became my village of recovery and above all, awareness of just how instantaneously our lives can change. I've grown to realize that burnout is highly highly misguided, not only in its perception, but greatly in how it is being treated. 
we're treating, you know, we're treating the symptoms. We're not treating the cause. And this is the reason why people fall into this cycle, this never-ending cycle of burnout, of anxiety, of depression. Because we're not getting to the root of we're not getting to the root of it. Today I've grown to appreciate the science of my own well-being through five main pillars. And that is through healing my body with nutrition, easing my body with breathing, aligning my body with meditation, and creating agility with my body through movement and rest. What I know beyond a doubt is this. The tap root from which all all our knowledge, our skills, our good intentions, our hopes, dreams, and aspirations grow is not much use if we are not mindful of how we consume our lives on a daily basis. This has also paved the way for what I call nine truths to consume a better life. This I hope and I will, sh- and I will share with you now will add a little bit of light, a little bit of hope, and a dash of perspective. It is my hope that these truths will resonate in deep layers of how we think and do in consuming a better life, whether it's in your work, your everyday life, you know, or just with yourself. So here goes. Truth one, your oxygen mask goes on first. It is as essential as the good you hope to do. So don't neglect that. Put your own oxygen mask on first. You have to take care of yourself. We're no good to anyone if we, if we can't take care of, if we can't function. So put it on. Truth two. Ambition does not exist without the body. You know, we all have big dreams and big goals. We're going somewhere. But if the body is not nourished, your ambition will not thrive. Truth three, the breath is the one system we can control when all else feels lost. So learn to master it. Whether it's a heated exchange, whether it's something you're not going to get, something you're in disbelief of, you know, whatever it is. Your breath is something that helps to align your body, to pull it back into that sense of flow. At one point, I thought this was absolute, you know, what are you talking, talking to me about my breath? But until tragedy sets in, and I had nothing else to hold on to but my breath, I realized how important it was, and it was going to be, for me to master it. Truth four, anxiety is a part of life. We will never, never, be able to get rid of it or soak it away. What we must do is to change our relationship with our everyday lives to coexist healthier without anxiety consuming the best of us. Truth five, what we consume in life aren't only limited to what we eat or what we drink but also to what we read, listen to, focus, and think about what and who we encourage into our mental mental and physical space, 
has the power to be both good and to be harmful. You know what I'm talking about here. We've all encouraged some piece of information, person, or moment to manifest in our daily lives, in our regular lives. And before we know it, we are being dragged along a, a certain pace. So take a break to recognize what it is you're consuming. It's not just about turning off your electronics at the end of the day or whatever. It's about knowing what you're looking at while it's on. It's about knowing what we're focusing on while we're while our eyes are open. Truth six, burnout isn't something that happens to us blindly. It is a buildup of choices etched into habits that take more than is allowed to thrive. So when we get into this mental state of no return, this is not something that just happened to us out of the blue. Believe you me, this is something that's been happening for a while. But it comes to the point where the body, where the body just says, hey, what is going on here? Bling, bling, alert is on. Truth seven, rest is not a luxury. As it turns out, it's a biological requirement. Our heart function, our brain function, they all need rest to recover, to function better. Truth eight, the entirety of our lifetime is the greatest triathlon we will ever face. Movement and recovery is a requirement to train, discipline, and achieve. And truth nine, awareness will only manifest when we choose to peer into the blind spots of our habits. I feel grateful to share this experience today with you and I hope that my journey reminds that burnout doesn't have a type. It doesn't care if you are wealthy. It cares not who you love or are responsible to. It bears no attention to your goals or to your aspirations. It is, however, the stark alert built from a culture of habits we accept and we continue to pollinate. It is in how we consume the little things we ignore, the things we tell ourselves to forgo on the balance of rest, nutrition, focus, and movement that is needed to reclaim our sense of mindfulness. Remember, if you do not take care of your body right now, if you do not make that effort, that, that intentional effort to take care of your body, ask yourself, where am I going to live? I'm Narissa Prasad, and this was Mindset Bootcamp. Until next time, keep on inspiring. Stay tuned as I will be releasing my first manifesto on rising above burnout, a journey that is dealt to go deep into the five pillars, nutrition, breathing, meditation, movement, and rest. Take care, everyone. See you back here next time.